I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of Let's Talk More Movies, where we shall be talking about Star Wars, Episode 7, The Force Awakens, woot, woot. in all spoilery detail. Woot. So if you haven't seen Star Wars yet, we will be discussing everything, including the end. So maybe wait until you've seen the film. You should go see it. It's brilliant. <laughs> okay, so fair warning. I am your host, Michael Breslin. To my left is... Jan Coyle. To his left is... Dino Killen. They killed Sansa! What the fuck? <laughs> 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 Straight off the bat. Uh, I definitely think it was a bigger shock of the film. Even like the most diehard Star Wars fan wouldn't have been expecting that much of a shock. I think that nobody would have bad in an island if they would have killed fucking Luke or Leia. But it's Han Solo. Han fucking oh, no, Solo. I think if you killed Luke or Leia, it'd still be a big well, thing. Leia, let's be honest, you know really gives a shit about Leia. Luke I care about Leia. Well, I, I don't really give a shit bad. about her. Luke might have caused that we, you know, that might have ruffled a couple of fillers, but Han fucking Solo. <laughs> like, like me and you walked out of the cinema, and I remember saying to you, they've just killed like maybe one of the most iconic characters ever in cinema. This is not going to go down well. And I could just picture Star Wars fanboys going absolutely fucking apeshit. But the thing is, I will say is, that I think it actually has gone down quite well the way they handled it. You know, there's not a lot of kickback about people saying, oh, this is bullshit. They've killed Han because I think they did it in a quite a good way, and it's it's set up. Oh, the, no, there's enough there to I, enjoy. Otherwise, I think the way it's handled, and even the fact, obviously, that it it, it is Kylo Ren, obviously Ben Solo, yeah. him and Leia's son who does it. I mean, that there's a nice sort of symmetry there, you know, of kind of merging the old and the new, and that's the whole thing about the film. That's why the film I, like, works he, so well. He's nearly in the the Obi Wan role now. He's the yeah. mentor and stuff, yeah. and he's gotta die. <laughs> but it's even like somebody made a good point, and I've seen a few critics make a good point over the past few days that. Really, Han Solo, despite the fact that he's fucking super cool and everybody loves him, doesn't really serve a narrative purpose anymore. Like he kind of has story yeah. kind of finished after Jedi, so killing him seems also like the kind of smart right thing to do. Not only does it fucking absolutely shock everybody, and it's like a kind of big shake up for the new series, but at the same time, too narratively, it makes sense. I think. Yeah, but then again, you know, just before that sort of event happens, you know, he's talking to Leia, and he sort of have this feeling that there's like you know, there's unfinished business there between them, and you know, these lovers are going to get back together, and you know, live yeah. happily ever after. So it's quite well done that way that you know it does sort of come out of left field a bit. Yeah, I think as well, obviously looking back because I didn't expect them. To, I didn't expect any of the three original main stars to die. I'm like, I just I didn't think that they were in ballsy enough, especially when they're trying to reboot the, the franchise. Especially with Han Solo, who's probably the most popular. But with that scene between him and Leia, just before he goes off to try and talk uh, Kylo Ren, you know, back to the, the light side, as he calls it, the way from the dark side, I think that adds a greater, like, kind of narrative punch then, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because you've seen that sort of emotional scene between him and Leia, and the kind of classic scenes between them two and the original three are them two bickering at each other. Yeah. That's probably, like, a kind of most emotive scene that you see between the two of them ever 
and any of the films they've been in. Well, I love you, I know. Ah, well, Pre- okay, pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it's pretty good as well. <laughs> that is pretty good. But I, I, I think, I think Han, as soon as he stepped onto that bridge and shouted Ben, he knew. He knew. <laughs> he knew. He knew. Yeah. I think what what was an even bigger kick in the teeth was not that they kill Han Solo. But they're never finding Hans' body either. <laughs> I mean, Hans he's never, he's he's never getting a fucking... He's never getting a burial. You don't see a body, he could still, still be alive. He's, <laughs> he's been stabbed in the gut with a fucking lightsaber and he's probably been tossed about 2,000 feet down. Like. Into the core of a planet that gets blown up <laughs> later on. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, could survive. Yeah, he was the next episode. It's like, is Hans Solo? Come on, man. He got out of it. <laughs> he just, he just talked his way out of it, do you he, mean? He just rocks up just with a small scar. <laughs> 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 Maybe Chewie like froze his DNA or something. Maybe this is the whole thing. That's see, that's a, that's another thing. They do have the Clone Wars, so yeah, they could do that. Couldn't they? they could, yeah. I. Mm. You just clone everybody, clone Darth Vader, clone. <laughs> <laughs> and then the new series just becomes the old series, <laughs> almost step for step remake. But uh, obviously, Chewie was upset at Han's death. I was got it. But I, I feel like he should, there should have been a bigger reaction. He should have been ripping limbs off Stormtroopers. I think they should have lingered on him more because that's his best friend. I know, like, it, it should have given him more of a punch for Chewie. Yeah, obviously, I think that the two people who should have got the reaction shots, the Hansel was there for, obviously, Leia and more so fucking Chewie. Well, I actually have a bit of a... I mean, well, Leia I wasn't there. No, but I'm saying, like, when she's told. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> when I'm she's not, told. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not there, I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, aye, aye. Oh, you must have done it, nope. I got a resistance to fight. Like. <laughs> no, but just to say, I don't want to bring up on the actual main podcast about some of my problems with film but a big problem I had is that the character of Ray, who's a great character well acted as we said uh, at the very start she's shown to be like you know this great pilot of Millennium Falcon sometimes she actually seems you know more than Han does mm-hmm. but then also as well she's this amazing character that uh, can really control the force better than anyone we've ever seen without any training but as well whenever she steps off the Millennium Falcon Leia comes over and hugs her. It's like, oh, Han's dead. I was like, what the fuck's Chewie? Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, she should be hugging Chewie. Exactly. <laughs> she met this girl about two months ago. Aye. Or did she, though? Uh-huh. See? Oh. This is, this is because, uh, damn, after we seen the film, one of your kind of problems with it as well was that Ray was so good with the Force. Unbelievably e- good, e- yeah. Even though she kind of just discovered it. It's got serious yeah. tackers. BC, serious tackers with that Force. You see, I was thinking about this. Mm-hmm. And because... There's there's the possibility she's Luke Skywalker's daughter because mm, yeah. I I said that immediately to Shan after we were yeah. it's like so she's pretty much Luke's daughter yes but then I was thinking about it, she might not be she might be one of the kids that Luke was training from the academy yeah yeah and uh she she was particularly gifted in the Force just and so that means she would have had a bit of training as well mm-hmm. yeah. but she's obviously forgotten because yeah. they have a whole kind of flashback. So yeah. it's, it's almost like muscle memory with her now. She doesn't Aye. know that she knows it, but she does know it. And that's why Kylo Ren, when he hears a girl, because that's the girl that got away mm. kind of thing. And I'm thinking... Not even the romantic well, way for us. You never know. But, uh, no, but I'm thinking as well that if she was so so good at the Force, like so... Yeah, good at the Force. It's grand. What are you on about? Um, <laughs> that... She might have been like this kind of star pupil or whatever. Then that fucked him off, and because and then that's what kind of made him turn to the dark side more. Because he turned to the dark side for a greed for power and all air kind of thing. So if he wants to be more powerful, then he wants to be the best. He wants to be Darth Vader, the grandfather, and all his hair. I, I love that. Oh, sorry, going ahead then. Oh no, I was just going to say that uh, a friend of mine I went to see the film with. He brought up that near the end, whenever Ray pulls the saber towards her and beats Kylo at it. Uh, he thought that was absolutely naff, and it would have been really good if it had been Luke 
that was there, and maybe he was yeah. the one to fight Ren. And I, and I think that actually would have played out maybe a bit better. Maybe they're they're saving entire Kylo Luke altercation see, for later on. See, but for 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 her to be able to hold her own for so long against Kylo. I don't know. Unless they give a really good explanation, it does yeah. sort of feel not, like she's a, she's a character that can do anything. Not even hold her own. I mean, she beats him. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? She does beat him, but I mean, no, well, he he freezes her. What? You, I, I won't say she freezes her. Oh, and he I has I her. I thought you were in the climatic fight. No, no, I know, I know, but he freezes her at that stage. Yeah, but he slashes her up a fist, him with a lightsaber, and he. Oh well, her. yeah. Oh no, I'm, I'm misremembering. Actually, yeah, that was earlier on where he froze her. Yeah, but, yeah. Nah. but even so, but then again, he does freeze her and then carries her in, which yeah. implies a sort of relationship where he actually cares about her on some way. See, but then, I, I, I wouldn't hmm. like Luke Skywalker. They have to fight her battles because you know this the whole thing. Luke's had his time, and it's supposed to be like a passing of the torch between the old, you know, the Luke Skywalker's to the Rays. I, so I, then, him kind of show up would just kind of undermine the new character you know and what I mean I, I don't I don't think it would have really served the way they built up the whole story that the whole story is where is Luke and they're trying to find out yeah. if he just kind of rocks up at the end I, that would I think I would have spotted it but even though fr- before we seen the film and from the trailers you seen like uh, Kylo Ren and Finn about they have the lightsaber battle and obviously Kylo Ren just fucks Finn up Yeah. and I, I thought Luke could have came in then just, but that was just from the trailers but the thing is, but in yeah. the actual narrative of the film, it wouldn't have worked. But the thing as well, it was that you say, you know, uh, Kylo would have like fucked Finn up. But the thing is, in that lightsaber battle, Kylo gets upper hand just because he has these two wee, you know, accessories to his lightsaber. Otherwise, Finn quite well holds these, and I don't like that. I know, I I didn't really like that either. That Finn shouldn't have lasted that long. Yeah. I'm yeah. they're like, oh, he's injured. You know, uh, Chewie shot him. Plus, as well, you know, Chewie shot Adam and he, like, couldn't defend himself. Fair enough, he was, like, emotionally distraught because he just killed his father, but it actually makes him seem weak rather but, than anything else. No, but he, he was weak at that point. I mean, I think I, I brought it up uh, on the main podcast when we're talking about this, that any time he actually takes off his mask, it's, like, it's nearly a sign of his... That he's emotionally yeah. kind of weak the the person because he takes it off for Ray for for no apparent reason. I don't like that either. I no, like, but I no, like but that's oh, that's obviously means they have some kind of connection. They better way. if they don't. I'll be raging. I like I like the fact that they actually show Kylo Ren as as weak a good few times through the fu- yeah. through, through the film because obviously he's supposed to be this you would almost say like a recreation of Darth Vader who's the kind of the like coolest most badass infallible villain ever and then in his first film not only did he demask him which I at the start the first minute when they demasked Kylo Ren you see Adam Driver's first episode uh, does this kind of take away from the mistake does this kind of take away from you know how badass or how intimidating he is but then I thought even though he doesn't seem as intimidating he was still very very kind of chilling it was actually even more chilling when you could see his actual face yeah. and especially it was a bigger shock for anybody who doesn't know maybe it was Adam Driver not aware of that actor Adam Driver's very fresh fist looking and he's still very very young looking even though he's like 32 so you would kind of assume that the man underneath that mask is this sort of gruff reinvention of Darth Vader but they see a kid on there I think in a way kind of makes it a bit more unsettling because yeah. he's still got a lot of growing to do and I he might be a bit unstable and there was this whole thing I read about you know the way his lightsaber is kind of unstable Aye. And it kind of sparks and stuff like that. That's to show the fact that he hasn't got complete control of his powers yet. So if he's that powerful already, picture what he can do then when he finally masters that sort of Vader level. You know what I mean? Mm. Yes, yeah, I don't blame him for being so angry. I mean, he did ask Mr. Kennedy not to send him into space. <laughs> I'm <laughs> no. sorry. Ever since I realised he was in that film, I wanted to crack fucking, that joke. Yeah. Oscar Isaac as well. Shout. <laughs> Shout. <laughs> it's so good. Wait, what's this? Inside Leon Davis. It's uh, oh, right. Oscar it's Isaac and Adam Driver. Oh, it's great. I mean, for uh, Kylo Ren as well, 
what I liked is, is they showed in that film, they didn't show him as infallible and indestructible, they showed that he had these weaknesses and could be beaten. And I mean, like, he's beaten by Ray, who's a very inexperienced, maybe not even aware of the fact until then that she's got Jedi powers. He's supposed to be way more powerful and she kind of gets the upper hand towards the end on him. Yeah. But it's it's that, it's that only the first film of the saga and it's a guarantee that he is going to get stronger and stronger as it goes along. Now, all enough, me and you were talking the other day that he hasn't been announced for the next film yet, but he's definitely in it. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they've only yeah. announced... They've, <laughs> it'd be very interesting if he wasn't. I think that'd be very ballsy because they've been quite ballsy with some of the stuff they've done in The Force Awakens. But I'd be fucking astounded if he wasn't on the next one. I know, know this I mean? will be... I, I'm really interested to see uh, where Poe, Oscar Isaac's character, falls into it now because, fair enough, he's in the film and, you know, he sets things in motion, but... He doesn't really have a huge part to play, he, and he, obviously he he's such a huge, for most of yeah, he's such a huge actor. And you know, I want—I think he's going to play a big part of the saga now that we've got in front of That's us. That's so. something I was very surprised at because yeah. the film starts off with Oscar Isaac and obviously Max von Sydow. And again, another spoiler, but I loved—I was actually reading back at some of the speculations for you know the Force Awakens before it was yeah. released. Obviously, a very intimidating actor, dark. He's fucking renowned for like these uh, sort of gripping takes on like you know the light and evil and Angar Bremer films and stuff like that but what's interesting about it is that everybody thought that he might be the big bad yeah. that he might be like fucking Adam Driver or Kylo Ren's boss and like we said spoiler he's killed like two minutes on the film and I think, is he actually killed? I can't imagine aye fucking Kylo Ren sluts mm. him up the oh, front aye. what do you call that fucking planet again? Oh, that's Kaji was, was yeah. that Jakku? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jakku oh, can I say as well actually just before we move on because I'm just so drunk I won't remember. Uh, <laughs> BB-8. Do you know who voiced BB-8? Hey. It was Bill Hader and Aaron Schwartz. Fuck All off. the noises from BB-8 come from them too. It's just, it's Jean Ralphio voiced BB-8. <laughs> <laughs> it's just <laughs> crazy, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, Aaron Schwartz. So ben good. Schwartz, sorry. I uh, yeah, no that's, uh, uh, yeah, I read that today. That's crazy, isn't it? That's fucking <laughs> yeah. so good. But it's also weird as well. Like, you actually need someone, you know, like, oh, let's get some I great know. comedic actors. Two of them. They voice this wee tiny wee ball. But yeah, there you go. Just shows the fucking thought that goes on there. Like, well, I mean, like, as it needed. I mean, another thing, BB-8. We kind of fell in love with him during the film. He's you can't, fucking. You can't not fall I in love think him. he is. I mean, he is what Jar Jar Binks was supposed to be. The thing they draw kids on, you yeah. know what I mean? Whereas no, Jar Jar, Jar, Jar was, was a phantom mouse. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, was it not you? It was saying that when Kylo Ren or somebody was saying, "I see, be honest, it would have been the greatest twist of all time if Kylo Ren wiped off his mask and was Jar Jar Binks." Well, no, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, it was Stephen Warren. I was with his eyes. Oh, Jar Jar's under a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just stop talking about Jar Jar. Um, <laughs> We've moved on from that trilogy. But yeah, back to Poe Dameron. I, he just disappears for a good bit of the film. And I, I just... I really like the character, but I think it's odd that they do just have him disappear for a good bit of it. And they, they focus more on Ray and Finn then. I, that was a pissing issue. I think that obviously the film opens with Poe Dameron. You're thinking, oh, right, well, he obviously with uh, John Boyega and Daisy Ridley are going to be like the, the three main focuses. And then... I was trying to count because it's very noticeable how long he's gone for. He must be gone for nearly an hour. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of the film. And then when he comes back, he doesn't have that many scenes again. You know what I mean? Uh, I think maybe that was just a wee bit of a problem we pissing or how they cut it. But I at the same time, I don't think it's to his detriment. I think he makes enough impact in the scenes that he's in to establish himself as a great character that's got a lot of potential there. I know. I think because the, the sheer fact that they're saying like it's the big three of Ray, Finn and Poe now, mm. even though he's not in it for, for very long... And I think they they will have him in it more. It's just maybe a thing of just too many characters to kind of introduce because you have 
all the other like what do you call yeah. fucking Donald Gleason's character and all that. That's General Hotker Hot, like that. Yeah, General Hotker. Very good. He's actually very good at it. He's the most smarmy, snuveling man you ever seen. Yeah. There was one bit though where he, when he's given the address to all the stormtroopers and all, I think it it goes a wee bit over the top. For it's me. about too hammy. I mean, like he was obviously told to drive the ham up Aye. the hill, like, you know what I mean. But in that scene, he's fucking knocking ham. up on that twenties ham. But I mean, John Ham. Is is that well? Is that kind of hamily angry mm. at one point that is? Top lovers actually quivering. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like okay, right, fucking dial it back. But but that that was an odd thing with his character that he wasn't really in any of the promotional material. He like he seen it like one photo and like one shot of him in a trailer, yeah. and he had a good but like he's he's basically kind of Ky- Kylo Ren's. He's like Kylo Ren's equal, like on the other. Like he takes care of the generals and Kylo Ren's in charge of the Knights of Ren and all. That. I was surprised by that. I was surprised at the fact that. Uh, uh, Donald Gleeson's character and Kylo Ren were essentially equals. Yeah. I thought that Kylo Ren would have been like, in complete charge, like you know what I mean. But the fact that not only were they kind of equals, but I think it was a kind of good establishing point of that character that Don- Donald Gleeson is it Hux or Huck? Hux, I think. I think General Hux. He shows no intimidation whatsoever when he's around Kylo Ren. I thought that he'd be kind of shitting himself or like kind of worried that he could you know hand his ass to him or whatever. It's but none of that's there. It's nearly like in in the original Star Wars, uh, the Grand Marth Tarkin. Yeah, is but he he's he's actually over Vader because he's the one guy that tells Vader what to do apart from the Emperor. Yeah, <laughs> it was. I mean, I think he's a good character. I mean, obviously, I know you, you don't really learn much about him. Except I like the fact the, that he's ridiculously evil. I like <laughs> the the actual relationship between him and Kaido Ren. The the fact they are kind of fighting with each other to get the the appreciation of Snoke. Yeah, yeah, but I will say as well though, you know, some of the scenes where you know it's talking about the uh, the First Order and then. You see, like all the stormtroopers lined up, and obviously red background. This man in a black uniform shouting, and it's so Nazi-esque. It's all right. You're sort of towing the line here, and then at the very end, the stormtroopers all raise one arm. And I was like, "Oh, that is you just really I went know. over the top with yeah. that." Like I didn't like that at all. Really, like, yeah, really went for that Nazi. When, uh, exactly. <laughs> when, they, when they got that one hand there, I was like, "Oh, come on!" Like, this. That, that was a bit much. Have you yeah. resurrected Lenny Riefenstahl? What's going on here? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> but in uh, Regards to Snoke the as well. The Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it was good as well that the only kind of tease Snoke about, you only see him in kind of hologram form. Yeah. And I like as well because it threw me at the start the fact that he's about 20 feet tall and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? But then you kind of understand that. I guarantee he's tiny. I said before, I guarantee he's, he's smaller than you though. Do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me, and and he's probably trying to use those holograms to make himself seem yeah, the man yeah. behind the curtain sort of thing. Uh, yeah, it's interesting that you don't see him in his actual, well, not human form, but obviously his physical form. It'll be interesting to see how they develop it. I well, they they say at the end for Kato, he tells Kato Randy, like he tells Hoxie to bring Kato Randy to him or something. So maybe you'll see him in episode eight. It'll definitely have a, you know a good part to play. I think. I think I don't like though. When uh, Snoke says the Kylo Ren, it's like, oh, they're with Han Solo. You're our father. <laughs> it's nah, like, I know. It was a bit naff. And I kind of understand why they did it. So there isn't like a big your father reveal again, mm. like towards the end. But they they, they had the scene in there to let you know when it was he, Kylo Ren was his son. And it was when he first meets Leia again. Because... You, you, before that you see ha- Han Solo see Kylo Ren going under the ship and he looks a bit nervous or whatever mm. if you still didn't know then you'd be all like what the fuck is nah, wrong with him and then when he sees Leia he says oh I've seen him I've seen her son that's when that's when you should have found yeah, out but I mean, like, that I... would have been far more subtle and far better yeah I would, I would have much preferred that salty because I mean even if you're 
a Star Wars fan or even a non-Star Wars fan, you can maybe try and piece stuff together, but through that really jarring, clunky bit of dialogue, it was actually like a throwback to fucking George Lucas dialogue. I mean, say what you want about the original three, and you know, it's kind of rose-tinted glasses, but George Lucas has a fucking deaf ear when it comes to some dialogue. <laughs> yeah, which, is, yeah. which is where a lot of this this one film really does well you know like yeah. you know, the characters are very I, I think the first half of the film is one i really enjoyed the most where you know the sort of relationships that you see but like, you know what we see fun and uh obviously pull a lot more but uh even as well there's a far more sense of like world building or yeah. you know the i know maybe it's probably it's obviously like a technological thing as well where you can see the aliens or these other life forms yeah. and are shown in a far more engaged in a personal manner that it looks a lot better but yeah that did stick out where it was like mm-hmm. yeah your father <laughs> it was a hark back to Lucas days it's it's I think it's a lot down to the chemistry too I mean I think they've cast ridiculously well obviously the original three or you know the original characters from the original trilogy they're going to have chemistry you know they've worked with each other before yeah. they know the characters inside out they've been with those characters for, you know going on 40 years but I was so impressed with like especially like Daisy Ridley and John Boyega John Boyega's only really done Attack the Block Daisy Ridley's done fucking nothing she's done a couple of episodes of Silent Witness or something like that I mean an episode a, of Toast an episode of Toast <laughs> where she's in it for like two seconds you know and, but I mean until then she was a complete she, she was as unknown as you could possibly get yeah. I mean she was even cut out of the Inbetweeners 2 movie that's how funny oh, really? she was yeah. <laughs> she was in the Inbetweeners 2 and they deleted her scenes but it'll be a wee special edition Star Wars edition <laughs> fucking up between us two yeah I remember saying to uh, Stephen whenever we left uh, he's not back in these films he loves Star Wars I said to him about uh, Finn you know John Baker that he was English and he wouldn't believe me I had to show yeah. him his IMDB page and said yeah he's only been in, you know Attack the Block and uh, which he's great in as well really good it's actually really weird as well because you know Attack the Block has this sort of uh, I don't know blue collar look about it and it's got this sort of idea that I don't know when you watch it like oh yeah these must be these London lads yeah. and then when you hear him talking you know you just you see that he's not like that at all he's like a, and especially if you see Star Wars as well he can really pull a performance out of his hat yeah I mean Star Wars surprised me because he was one of the I was unsure about him and Daisy Ridley I was excited to see them because obviously they're unknowns and they're uh, unknown quantities you would say you know, like they've, yeah. got, they've got potential there but you don't know how it's going to you know be portrayed on screen you don't know if they're going to be good or bad or you can embrace these characters well but they were, I had no fears whatsoever about Oscar Isaac. You know what I mean? Because Oscar Isaac's just fucking He's knocking fantastic. everything out of the park. Anything he does recently is just on ridiculous form. But them two, they, I think they were the two standouts because I went on there with not no expectancy but not knowing what they expect. I think they were brilliant. Especially John Baker's probably the funniest thing in the film. Yeah. It's ridiculous. He got, I mean, I didn't think that he had that charisma in his locker because the only other thing I'd seen him in is Attack the Block where he's playing a ridiculously moody kind of thug teenager yeah I mean, I mean like his redemption in that film is being a thug teenager he actually has a bit of morality and becomes like a hero but yeah. he did all the humour in that film does not come from him yeah. but him and BB-8 are hilarious there's Brilliant. that wee section I mean I was laughing yeah. away to myself yeah. you know that whenever it's him and BB-8 and he's trying to convince BB-8 to get, you know oh, oh sort me out here man you know, <laughs> tell, tell, go on help me lie yeah and obviously we talked about it the thumbs up later <laughs> <laughs> thumbs up I think got the, got the biggest pop of the night but uh, just that just that scene as well between Finn and BB-8 it's the first time I can think of anyway in a Star Wars film where someone is kind of really pleading with a droid to lie for them yeah. you know what I mean because like the way they, they kind of treat the droids they, they'll talk to them but it's kind of always like oh R2 do this or C-3PO shut up and do this or yeah. it's kind of more commands they never actually really talk to them yeah or, it's more personable now uh, isn't it and just the way he's, he's talking to it like it's an actual character but I, I think that's a good sign just of John Vegas' character because obviously he's brought to be a stormtrooper and he was never even treated as a person so yeah. he knows exactly how it feels I mean he literally until he meets Poe Dameron doesn't even have a name like Poe Dameron names him fine you know what I mean <laughs> so he was never a human being so he knows what it's like to get 
commands or demands all the time. Yeah. So obviously he's talking to this droid who you can probably just easily demand like a human and pleading with him when he doesn't even have to do that. Oh, could I bring up as well? I mean, just it always escaped me. I actually even forgot about it just until there now. But that's the section whenever like uh, you have Han Solo trying to talk his way out to where he's uh, what, what do you call those uh, monsters? That are on oh, his freighter again. There's no way I can remember. But then you have Rama and Mad Dog from, from the, the raid. Yeah, yeah. I remember like <laughs> St- Stephen. The last time I went to see with him was the raid, and I was like, that fucking Mad Dog. But yeah, yeah. I and it was crazy. But the worst thing is they didn't do the kicks. No, there was no, no kicks. No, no, no kicks. They're, they're there for about two seconds, and you fucking just get I, small. But, I, that's crazy, though, no, isn't no, it? But I, they, it was a great week. They they were actually like consultants as well for yeah. like action stuff. Oh yeah, I think it's very obvious. JJ Abrams just really likes the raid, the raid yeah. too, and he just got uh, it for yeah. a second, like because there's no coincidence they were all on that film. Yeah, but that section was really good. I mean, I really enjoyed that. You know, when the uh, monsters like they grab Finn and Ray, then had to close the door and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those ones where I don't know the film sort of was going out of breaking pieces. It sort of started Act Two, and you expected to die down a bit, and I just didn't. I think that, yeah. but but I think that is the exact reason for the aliens being that shit because all or not, there was no real reason for the aliens. Well, the aliens I, were there to create a bit of tension and get an action. Yeah, scene it serves no because, purpose. Really, yeah, it serves no it? purpose. Yeah. But obviously, the narrative is starting to dip slightly. Pan up these old tricks again. <laughs> I see yeah. that because that's why I was thinking like there was no real need for that kind of alien sequence, but. If you think of it, it's just showing Han is still doing yeah, Han's it's thing. Just like he's he's trying day. to talk his way out of it, wheeling and dealing. All it's showing too that age hasn't caught up with him, and he's still Aye. the same Han. He can still fucking roll the best. I'm like, I mean, that's the only reason for that scene. Always that could easily went. Han Yulu. Han Yulu, you know what I mean? I think it, I just, just a short <laughs> thing as well I didn't like with Han is... He, he like how long has he been hanging out with Chewie and he's never fired his, his cross blaster before. I know <laughs> it's like, mm. he's all, let me see that thing I, I like would, this gun it's no like, but what was it I, I, I didn't like that but at all no, it's, like, that. it's like oh yeah let me have a go with this mm, that's a good gun like what is that even a boy who cares <laughs> like, you know, oh. but in all the years you've been hanging out with you you've never fired his gun like you yeah. <laughs> even on a cold one night when you're just sitting on the fucking millennium falcon like just looking for shoot, something just shooting cans or something you know what I mean <laughs> Uh, there's another thing that I it's not that I don't really like it I just well no I don't like it uh, <laughs> RTD2 I think just oh he's went into power saving mode since Luke's disappeared and it's just, I think it's just a really naff but it's just so it's essentially just something to keep R2-D2 out of it until the very end when then he becomes near enough a saviour because he can link up with it's what pretty he bad right now isn't no, it all no, together no you see I was thinking about this as well because I, I, I didn't really like that bit either but uh, I was thinking about it uh Ray's there at the end, doesn't she? Yeah. She wasn't there before. Yeah. So is R two D two waiting for Ray? Uh, no, but she was there before, was she? Not? No, no. When B, mine when BB eight goes over there and then C three people says, "Oh, he's in low power." Oh, she, oh, she was she, in that. She was in there, but she wasn't up beside him. No, no, she wasn't there. She was captured. Oh right. Oh yeah. You know. So she, he was waiting for her. Interesting theory. It's just. It's just. I. I. I thought that. I'm but not one hundred percent sure. But it, it is a bit. It is a bit stupid writing where it's like, oh yeah, we've got all the map, but R two D two's in shutdown. I mean, uh, would, would all would all of the, the resistance or whatever be uh, like, don't fucking kill uh, him or whatever, go and break the. I break the wake up or something like that. Seriously, uh, well, I don't like as well. I know that it, was about that. It just seems silly too because look at that shit that R two D two's been through before, and just because Luke disappears for a while, oh no, I can't do this anymore. You know what I mean? Well, I think no, well, no, you like, find, I'd see, I was he must be triggered Luke, to Luke programmed yeah. him that way. Uh, even that's still a bit shit. Like, I, I never thought it that way. I just thought that he was that depressed that he went on the show. I know that, that's the way they kind of present. That's the way they can present. Like, I mean, like, that's the way I read it. The R2 way I read depression. it is <laughs> depression. He's that fucked off that looks away that he kind of just fuck. I can't do it anymore. He's low. I thought. Power that, I mean, I thought. <laughs> it was, I thought it was just a cheap way to kind of then introduce R two at the end. You know what I mean? But in Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And that way, though, it's R2-D2's nearly like the droid version of Luke. <laughs> they yeah. hold him back mm. to the end, like... Speaking of Luke, I mean, obviously, I think we should definitely talk about the finale. It was bullshit. When we <laughs> we finally find, as as he's now been described, the greatest MacGuffin in cinema history, <laughs> Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Which, I mean, like, I, I love that they've made one of the greatest characters of all time, a fucking MacGuffin, but I liked it. But, like me and you said, when we came out of the cinema, for people who obviously haven't seen the film, you know... Uh, no, they have seen the film. They're listening to a spoiler. Oh, yeah, true. Well, obviously, at the end of the film when they see each other I was just thinking go and say something say like, something I kind of like I kind of like that it ended subtly where they're just kind of staring at each other and it's really intense but you've been waiting to see Luke and you've been waiting to see what he's like and he just kind of stares her and he, he looks a wee bit baffled and you're like go and just kind of give us a bit of insight into what's going to happen in the next fucking film I didn't actually really like the actual last shot. I hated the last the shot. The one that's just swooping at the, the helicopter shot. shot. I thought it was a really bad shot. It, yeah. was, it was bad. It was a bad shot. It like, should have been a close-up, like an emotional close-up, rather like, than... Oh. Like, I mean, like, fucking hell, I'm no director, I'm no J.J. Abrams, but I mean, for me, or any other director, I think he was shooting that, and considering the fucking unbelievable job he's done with the rest of the film, all he would have to do in the last shot is a literal medium shot, just lingering on look, and then fade out. Not this really kind of heavy-handed looking hel- helicopter shot. Because then she looks like an absolute dickhead because she's standing there holding she's this. Like, yeah. I for like fucking how long? Like I, I know, looks just really leaving her hanging. Like, yeah, <laughs> she's I, just there. I, you're just standing there. Like, oh, what the? Who the fuck are you? What are you talking I, cause about? Because I, I heard a thing like episode eight just starts as like you taking this or standing there for two years. <laughs> but <laughs> just. Daisy Ridley has a beard, fucking. <laughs> 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 it was so signposted by that point. You obviously knew when she went to that island. Uh, like Jim Cosway? Well, no, Skelly Michael. Was it Skelly Michael? Skelly Michael. Michael oh, Which, it looked lovely, though. Didn't it, it? That, are we was, Ireland our, on the our screen? Beautiful Ireland on our doorstep. like. But uh, obviously, in that last shot. Skelly Michael Bresson? <laughs> you knew for a fact that it was going to be Luke my name's Michael no. <laughs> <laughs> it works just straight away yeah. no no it's Kelly Michael Brelson it was the exact same just covered in cans <laughs> uh, you obviously know it's going to be Luke yeah. but then when he turns around I really like there's that wee kind of solo shot where he's pulling the hood back and you see his wee robotic hand Aye. I really like that because obviously it's touching on the last one and it's not obviously they're not just going to have a normal hand there and completely defy the other three films but I love just how they dressed him I, I know that they asked Mark Hamill to lose like 20 pounds they sort of look like he's still in shape even he needed it did you, did you see ah, him though did you see him in Kingsman ah, in Kingsman he looks awful like, you know it's good I mean? to see him the Flash TV show on, I'd say I don't watch a Flash but he's looked awful for years let's be honest with you but now that he's back in the big time obviously yes, they lose a couple of pounds but the Joker I, well, I, lo- I love too that and it was a very obvious choice but how they went the great pains of making him grow the beard and he had the hood up they look like Obi-Wan it's yeah, obvious that he's yeah. now become Obi-Wan you know what I mean and that's yeah. a great lineage from obviously the original 3 too I think that that's 
for me, the greatest strength of the film. I think that was always going to be the main mountain that they wouldn't have had to climb. This marriage of the old and the new because you know yourself star wars fans are impossible to please especially yeah. once you're that dedicated to the original three despise the prequel trilogy and they were unsure of the about this new trilogy but they done such a good job of not only giving a swan song they probably one of the greatest characters hand solo alluding to some of the other greatest characters like vader's mask in there which you know obviously kylo ren's worshiping but then introducing three new great characters you can definitely now run with it because i think already after that film poe dameron ray and Finn are completely established, and you would happily follow them now on two other films, even without Definitely. the original characters. You know what I mean? A, th- a thing I liked about uh, Poe as well is that he's obviously supposed to be in the Resistance for a while, so even though he's new, he's not new in the what's actually happened in The Force Awakens, and they really conv- it's really conveyed really well, and I don't know if it's if there's even, even a choice in the casting that they got two unknowns and then a kind of established actor yep. to be that kind of role. It's one of those things we were talking earlier on about how uh, Oscar Isaac, Poe Dameron isn't in it that much. But if you actually went in, I know he was like, you know, obviously with every press release because he's such a big actor. But if you went in maybe not even following following that much, d- you might even think he was dead, like John Boyega, like, uh, Finn yeah. thought as yeah. well. So for him then to be alive later on is, you know, it's a surprising thing. But obviously, as I brought up before, the entire thing where you see a, a well-known actor and apparently then he's out of it, you know he's going to be a bigger part of the film yeah, because you yeah. know more actors. I, but, yeah. but I'm saying more so that he, he, he feels like if he's like he's an old hat at this kind of thing mm. already, like being in the resistance. And then you have Ray and Finn that are brand new to it. And he just he, he, he feels like an old character, I, but I, he's a new character. I know where you're coming from. I think that it's no coincidence that the character who's supposed to be not a novice to the resistance and he's kind of in the know, essentially, they cast a familiar actor. So yeah. the fact that you can see a familiar actor who's, you know, star is only rising on Oscar Isaac, you believe him more and you kind of follow him more and you accept the fact that he's been the resistance for a long time. Whereas if it was, say, just swap and roll, say it was John Boyega in that role, you'd be like, who the fuck's this guy? You know, yeah. why do I care? Because I don't have any past experience or past knowledge of this actor. So why has he got such a big role? I don't think it's 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 no coincidence that obviously they cast like a sort of semi-luster, whereas then they left the two unknowns. They do the, the hard graft. Yeah. And By the way, looking like a... Uh, ex Machina and then also Inside Leon Davis the last two films I've seen with Oscar Isaac it's so weird to see him so likeable and yeah. he is so so likeable like is. this fresh faced all American hero type job that they have going with him and it, uh, yeah, and also he brought Adam Driver and Donald Gleeson with him for some <laughs> oh yeah no <laughs> I he seriously can't open a can of beer oh that was really good that was a really good I like that worth the wait unlike this film not much of it <laughs> Daniel yeah I mean I don't want to bring up the last time because it sort of is a bit of a spoiler but uh, my favourite sequence in the film and it's something that maybe the older films were lacking and maybe for a good reason because I don't think they could have done it properly but the sequence where we see Ray grab Luke's lightsaber and there's this whole where you sort of see her then deal with Kylo but then also maybe a bit of her origin where she's crying out for these people so that are leaving her. A force flashback. Yeah. A force flashback. <laughs> the force awakens within her. Uh, a, yeah. f- a flashback and flash forward. Yeah, I thought I it was I thought it was really well done. I, mm. I, re- I really, really enjoyed it the way it's shot and, you know, uh, it sort of throws you for a loop, especially in the cinema where the sound's just booming and you sort of got that entire sense of just being in her shoes and completely yeah, distraught. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of disoriented in the way it was flinging around and all. Yeah, completely. It was really well handled. And yeah, I thought it was a really good sequence that maybe we haven't seen before in Star Wars. You know, people say yeah. they hear or feel the force. Well, this is the first time we do it and it was great. Yeah. Well, you see, sorry, 
you say you haven't really seen that kind of thing in Star Wars, but the whole bit leading up to that, though, I thought that was very reminiscent of in Empire when Luke goes into the cave and then he sees uh, Darth Vader and then he whacks Darth Vader and the mask comes off and it's his mm. face. Mm. I thought, like, obviously it's nowhere near the level of that air, but yeah. I thought it was reminiscent of that, even yeah. the kind of lead down and do that kind of back hall and then she finds the lightsaber and all. Mm. And obviously it, there, there's way more kind of visual stuff in that, but I think it's a similar kind of thing. Force-wise. Force-wise, yeah. We're talking about the Force. <laughs> I mean, your old hat's at it, yeah. It's like an Ed, it's like an Ed Learner narrative track that's used quite a lot, but I think they use it really effectively in that scene that you're talking about, definitely. Mm. Uh, well, a lot of people are saying as well, well, some of the naysayers about the film, and I don't really agree with this, they're saying that, oh, you know, it's it's just this... Uh, it's J.J. Abrams being this champion of fan service, and he's not really saying anything new about the saga, and it's completely yeah. derivative and stuff like that. I okay, it is champion fan service, but it's Star Wars fans. If there was no fan service <laughs> in there, or there was no Easter eggs for that diehard fans, they'd fucking kill him. But I don't think it makes the film derivative. There are some parts in it which are v- glaringly, you know, maybe a wee bit too on the nose, references back to the previous films, even, you know, shot for shot sometimes. But it doesn't take away from your enjoyment of it. You know, it's still a very good standalone film, especially for the Star Wars franchise, like we said, which is nigh on impossible to reboot or reinvent because yeah. of how fucking crazy the fans are and how particularly want certain things so I think they've done a cracking job of just getting a good story out there that isn't a mind-blowing story it's a story you've seen so many times before but it's just done every element's done very very well yeah I mean the entire uh, the Finn sort of arc I mean that's not been done at all you know a stormtrooper that turns a- yeah. away and you know just from a moral sort of center that he has himself like, that's something fair enough the Ray thing you know a, a, a character with a mysterious past I mean I know she's definitely more troubled then look, you know, and there's a lot more questions to be answered. Well, maybe, maybe not. I know, you know, he's, he's well. You see, she, she, she kind of knows more than what Luke did at the beginning of the first stars. Like he didn't really know that he had a mysterious past, kind of thing. Yeah. Like yeah. he just, he just, he didn't know his dad or whatever. Mm. But Ray. The, the, like Ray knows more than what the audience knows about her past. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. but still, the audience are sort of in the dark. I mean, I do the thing as well. I mean, fair enough, it might be derivative, but who cares? It's a fucking blockbuster. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, I really don't yeah. care that yeah. much, as long as like the the sequences are good That's... and there's enough. I know maybe the characters. There's a lot to hang on them. If you know what I mean, like you know, they're yeah. really well fleshed out, very well acted, and uh, yeah, it's just it's a lot of fun. It really Absolutely. is. I think. What people had the biggest problem with is Star Killer Base, which is just another Death Star. Really is, oh yeah. no, I, I love that scene where it's like, here was the Death Star, and here is the Star Killer Base, and they destroyed it. Anyway, it's like you know, oh yeah, everything's like, bigger than better, but the exact same. But what I was going to say about the air is, uh, people are saying like this is kind of it parallels the first Star Wars a lot. But I said in in the in the regular podcast that I think it has elements from all three films. Yeah. And the the ending when they're when they're destroying the Star Killer base, I think that's way closer to Return of the Jedi rather than Star Wars. Yeah, definitely. Because like Han has to go on and take down the shields and all, and you have that you have the whole inside bit of it, and then you have and the you, star and battle, and, and then you have the star the lightsaber battle. Like we said in the last podcast, too, you have Admiral Ackbar strange <laughs> so closely saying it's a trap, but they couldn't have him say it's a trap yeah. again. <laughs> But I mean, they like, do so I'm like, do not go in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Surely they will be waiting for. Did you hear that the sequence where they go down like a sort of a corridor that sort of it does look completely like you know a New Hope, you know, it's like Oscar Isaac and has like sort of trip. They do go down like a sort of. You're looking at me strangely, Michael. No, but, I you know, don't like, try anything. You know, there is a wee bit, and they actually show you then like one of the people uh, behind them in the uh, the sort of Sith vehicles. What do you call them again? 
TIE Fighters. That's what you call it, yeah, yeah. And uh, they're like following it, but he's got like the same controller that what Darth Vader had, where you know you move it with like your finger, like the wee oh, clip yeah, mouse. Yeah. And uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> it, no, we clip mouse. Yeah, you know those ones that are on the middle of your keyboard. Yeah, yeah and I, that's very like. But I mean, who cares? But it, like, but you know, yeah. But how many ways is there to show us a Tie Fighter pilot and a Tie Fighter? Exactly. They're not that big. You know what I, mean? well, I think that shot is that iconic, especially with the orange jumpsuits and stuff like yeah. that. You can't only see that again. You want to see wee shots again in there. Hey, if it's if it's a, a, a couple second shot just of the same. And, and as well, like you said, there is near enough no other way to shoot them because the Tie Fighters <laughs> are very narrow cockpit. You, you know, know I you know I don't understand as well. Like all the time when they're going up in this, like all oh, the Tie Fighter or whatever, they're like, oh yeah, I'll just take my fucking droid with me and hang have hang out with the no, bag. That's an X wing. Oh, it's sorry, X wing. Yeah, they're in the in the X wing and they have the droid in yeah. the back and they're like chatting away. Is it just like a conversation partner? Like, what purpose that's do they serve? Like, no, the, look out, so no like, the droid, the droid kind of takes care of the operations of the thing, so he can like bring up the shades, push more power to the back shields or whatever. Give they, it's like kind of maintenance for the whole thing. Yeah, whereas the pilot is kind of focused on the actual steering of the fucking thing. Yeah, really? Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's like a co-pilot. Well, how come only the lead characters here with BB-8 or RTD do you have them, and nobody else does? Well, not everyone has one. It's just... It's just... They're ones in the pure chatterboxes. Nobody gives a shit about the other characters. Oh, yeah. Oh, should they blow up anyway? Who cares? Like, <laughs> they're the red shirts, man. Fuck You him. only get upset mm. if a droid you know gets blown up. <laughs> yeah. By the way, man, don't mention red shirts. It's a Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I managed J.J. Abrams, do you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. No. What's it going to do next? Fucking Toy Story? <laughs> well, <laughs> you guys, you can't say I think of fucking William Shatner. I was like, I can't believe it. I'm not getting a cameo in Force Awakens. But, uh... Did you not mind in the in the first Star Trek, JJ uh, Abrams Star Trek? There's like a small shot where it's like someone explodes in space and it's through the window of the Enterprise. And if you look really closely, there's an R two D two floating around. Yeah. <laughs> there's just a wee Easter egg in there. Obviously, we're saying about this perfect marriage of like old and new between the old Star Wars and the new Star Wars. I think that JJ Abrams obviously learned his lesson from the first Star Trek because he tried to merge the old and the new by bringing back Spock. That's like, oh, there's Spock, and then he brings him back about six other times in that film, and yeah. it loses all fucking sort of impact. I know, man. I can't wait to see J.J. Abrams, The Godfather. Or, you know, well, what's, that, what's the next old dead franchise he's going to try and rekindle? Hey, he can do it, man. He can do the Godfather, no bar. But a uh, couple of wee quick things. Uh, it's really funny. It's really fucking funny. Mm. And we're talking. I think John Boyega is most of the funny bits in it. I yeah. mean, if you think his first, not his first interaction, but when he like he's ki- he's helping Poe escape and all, he's all, it's the right thing to do. You need a pilot, don't you? I need. A pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I think like the next Star Wars film, sack everything else. It should just be a body cop movie between BB-8 and John Boyega. No, no, it should be Poe and John Boyega. Oh, that, <laughs> Poe and mm-hmm. Finn. That'd be hilarious. Just oh, did you say? Did you say John Boyega? <laughs> oh, no. John That's that perfect couple's name for that. Isaac <laughs> 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 like Cyborg. See, that was the kind of sad thing as well because BB-8 is obviously Poe Dameron's droid, but then he gets this relationship with Ray. But then when they get back and see Poe, BB-8's just fucked off with Poe. And oh, that was cute that though. Was no, cute. no, no. But but Poe sold BB-8 out. He 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 gave him up when uh, Kylo Ren was torturing him. Uh, but he, mind, he <laughs> fucking mind ripped him. He couldn't help. I know, it. man. Not no, a, not a he like sold Ray. him out. Ray didn't sell him out. <laughs> she's got the force. Well, oh, damn oh, shit, that's, not, that's not how the force works. That was a great oh, line, by the way. That was that so was, uh, good. I job is like, we'll use the force. That's not how the force works. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was hilarious. in summary, 
really good film. I enjoyed it very much. Okay, I mean, there's there's a few there's a few flaws, and I hate talking about them so much because it makes me sound like I'm a fucking Star Wars nerd, and I don't like it <laughs> until this film. Do you know what I mean? But uh, considering the mountain that they had to climb, it's a very very good. Film oh, it's fantastic. Be. Yeah, I mean, I'd recommend anyone and who like likes Blockbusters said, to go see it. Like you said as well, you're not a big Star Wars fan. I'm not a big Star Wars fan, and this is actually now you kind of piqued my interest in Star Wars, and it is no coincidence that since watching the Force Awakens last week, I've went. And rewatched the fucking original trilogy for like the first time yeah. in like six or seven years. I said this to Sham during the week. It has awoken the force. And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I was saying I text Mickey all right now. So I'm watching The Empire Strikes Back and I'm really into it. Is this how you feel every day? <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know what's really bad as well? I wanted to come on the podcast and say The Force Awakens, but I just couldn't. I know. Yeah. It's it's great, then, I know. then you'd be a hack. <laughs> I would be a hack, yeah. It's a great film. Obviously, there's problems. It's not going to be perfect, but it did a great job of just reintroducing. Star Wars Day, a whole new audience. Now let's all go out and buy fucking Lexuses advertised by fucking Darth Vader or <laughs> fucking BB-8 oranges. Fucking chill out with the merchandise in Disney. <laughs> What's wrong with BB-8 oranges? Kids need vitamin C. That's grand. Fucking why does BB-8 have to be on them? I'm sorry, I, I hate merchandising, globalization, no, but, all that. No, right, gets back out. Do you not remind, remember yourself as a child and if you just seen a standard orange, and then you seen an like an orange right. way, like a part fair enough, fair enough. You beat me on that one. I, <laughs> I can see the, the BB-8 oranges, but everything else can go fuck. Honestly, yeah, it's so I, bad how I, like on on the present are ubiquitous that Star Wars is. I think what Dan's saying is that Disney and the Star Wars Lucasfilm doesn't give a shit about your child's nutrition. <laughs> They're just looking to sell some shit. Like Hater's gonna hate, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. <laughs> oh, that was good. synchronized. Um. Just no, that's so code for Dan to shut the fuck up on this I've just worked this out. <laughs> well, just do you go do you think about what's happening next week, episode eight? Obviously it's gonna be a body cop film between Poe and Finn, but what else do you think could happen in it? Handjob Kevin needs to be in there. Uh, Handjob Kevin <laughs> has to get there. You have to get a bad brain blessed on there too. He's not working that much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Need some money. You know, I'm really, really excited because obviously the new director, uh Ryan Johnson, Ryan he's Johnson very talented like I think we said weeks and weeks and weeks ago on one of the podcasts I think it's obvious the reason he got that is because he proved that he could do small scale sci-fi very very well with Looper yeah and even from just seeing his back kill look I mean how he kind of took Fall Noir and deconstructed that on the high school setting in Brick yeah, and then the Brothers Bloom is it's it's a it's a fun caper film but it's very very forgettable he can handle dialogue very well and characterization very well yeah. he's, yeah, he's I think very, very and as well obviously he's done a, a, some of the top episodes of Breaking Don't Bad don't say well. Jogo Levitt and Jogo Levitt I, yeah, I was shocked <laughs> and the thing, the thing as well you know Jogo Levitt's in it I know it would do very well in a way but I guarantee that will put Get more people in because he's yeah. that. I, I, I don't that think he's going to be a big role. I think he's going to like do a Daniel Craig and be a stormtrooper. Really? By the way, I didn't even know it was a uh, yeah. Who do you call her from uh, Game of Thrones? Can't remember her name. Gwendolyn Christie. She's great as well. Though. Yeah, Cap- I I I want to see a lot more from Captain Phasma. Apparently, well, mm. you talk words in my mouth. I was reading the article. There was a cliffhanger already. there though as well. Well, yeah. because they say oh, a trash compactor, and he says yeah, we've got one. And I thought there's going to be like a wee joke where you see the suit come out of like a, a trash shoot or whatever uh, but that didn't happen so obviously well hopefully it'll be brought up in like a new film but she's obviously going to be in there for the second I was reading something already that apparently she will have a far greater role in the second one because she's really only kind of relegated to the background probably because they have to introduce so many new characters I see because she, she was in, in there a good bit with the marketing way more than like General Hooks yeah. or whatever you call and uh, I think it's oh, she. She I looks know. way cooler though too. Yeah, so I know it's like Chrome Trooper and all your sweet. <laughs> I think they 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 were pushing the whole kind of just there's females in this film as well because mm. obviously, uh, Ray's a re- like a really great female character and like she doesn't she she doesn't need shit from 
men like you, Dan Killen. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, actually really, I actually really enjoyed the, the the first one. I think it was actually maybe making a statement a bit where like uh, Finn grabs her sometimes and pushes her. She's like, let go yeah, of my hand. I, I can I, run I, by myself. Yeah, yeah I know. Definitely they were saying something. Yeah. They were trying to say, yeah, well, if you look at the original films, it wouldn't quite say misogynistic, but it's a, a very much a male a male dominant well, world. Apart from Princess Leia, I think every other female is a sex slave. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. You, would probably, you would say misogynistic. <laughs> yeah. well, so, I mean, obviously they're, they're showing like, oh, we've changed with the times. You know well, I mean? have you heard about the Bechdel test? Yes. yes. Yeah, we yeah, discussed that a couple of times. Well, yeah, yeah, well, it, it passes it. Yeah. Just about. Just about, yeah. though, if you think about it. If you I do think consider that alien to be female, Maz. Yeah, Matt, that's Matt, the, but I think that's yeah. the only place where it does pass it. The, the conversation between Ray and Maz pass it. The conversation between Ray and Leia as well. Or not. I mean, what is it only? Like, well, Captain Faz, but there's four female characters. In all fairness, like you were saying, that is a step up from, from the original three. Yeah. You know, I mean, that, that's not bad. Like, mm. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to see more Captain Phasma. I'd I, really like I to think see it's just more from all the new characters yeah. because I think it, th- this this will be the time now where they can maybe Luke will have a big part to play in the second one because he's obviously not in the first one. Obviously, Han Solo's gone. R.I.P. Leia, I think he can kind of start to phase out. I think her story's can well, she no, can be I, in the background. I, like. I think she'll generally be in the background, being a general. Yeah, yeah, she will generally be in the background. Yeah, but I mean, like we're saying, it just shows how good a job the Force Awakens done that. They've introduced these new characters so well that you now just want to see their stories, and Aye. you don't even well not don't care, but because would be more than happy to kind of push aside the kind of older characters. Because that's some of the complaints that I'd seen that you don't get enough of Ray or Finn, or you don't yeah. find out find out enough about them or whatever. But I think that's a great way to leave people. Yeah, but this, more, they want more than this only the start of their story. Like, yeah. and it'll be great to see the the likes of Captain Phasma and even Kylo Ren. I, I want to see him get even more involved with his powers because you know he's going to get I think anyway personally he's going to get stronger I think he, he's at the minute he's got a very adolescent grip on his power Aye. and the more he, he can even the way he freaks out sometimes yeah. just smashes well, I mean, like that, that's what a lot of critics which is, very, which is very anti-Vader but very much you know yeah. it, it seems to suit the character I think deliberately as well I mean, you can make Adam Driver look a lot older than what yeah. they did they deliberately want him to look no, a bit more they want adolescent. Him to, because oh, Adam, Adam Driver yeah, yeah. looks a wee bit older than that and he usually has facial hair it's no for instance they got him to shave I think whatever makeup they put on him he looks a lot more fresh fist and like a lot of critics says, like you were saying, the freakouts that he has are sort of reminiscent of a, a teenage boy throwing so his toys. They made a joke of as well with the stormtroopers. You know, they sort of say, like, I "Oh, not this again." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, see, I I think in episode eight, uh, they might have him not take his mask off now because you you see he actually needs a mask now because yeah. his face is fucked up. So they might kind of play on that more that he is kind of now he's, his powers is growing and going more to the dark side. I think he might not think I, t- well, I, I totally agree I think that would be a good way to go and I think in, probably will in, par- <laughs> in paralleling the original three because obviously The Force Awakens is quite akin to A New Hope in many ways I think obviously the next one Ryan Johnson's will be very akin to The Empire Strikes Back which is a lot darker obviously yeah. most sequels are darker I think that you'll probably see Kylo Ren do some mad shit like song that fucks up the resistance in some way in the next film beyond blowing up but how many pounds it's <laughs> 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 crazy I just kind of glossed over it, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I I heard uh, one reviewer on about that this is the first Star Wars film that it feels like it's a part of a trilogy story. Mm-hmm. And so this is like the Fellowship of the Ring for this new trilogy. I would hope Which, that it had those sorts of... Those sorts no, of like, no, uh, no, but like more so than the, than the other two trilogies. Like like the first Star Wars, that's just a standalone film. George Lucas didn't know he was going to do any more. Mm. Even though he... I think he said that he planned it all along, but that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Never them. But then, like, Empire and Jedi, they obviously follow on from each other, but they're still standalone films, you know what yeah. I mean? And even the, the prequels then, they 
there's no there's there's supposed to be the overarching story of Anakin Skywalker, but that that doesn't really come off because they had to pull the Phantom Menace right, being right, judged. I literally <laughs> believe it. I mean, Mickey, I really honestly believe that that was the plan. Right, that's I, fine. I do agree with what you're saying. <laughs> Let's see a Phantom Menace sub sub episode. <laughs> or just, just me in a room, drunk, ranting about Jar Jar is the greatest you know, Well, I'll tell you, me and Mickey leave him, we'll just keep it recording, right? Yeah, well, obviously leave the, the cans as well. <laughs> well, obviously the director was Jar Jar Abrams. Oh, oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> I think you're right though, Mickey. Considering the amount of planning and the amount of money that Disney and, well, have invested into this new trilogy, unlike the original trilogy, which maybe wasn't planned according to George Lucas, unlike the prequel trilogy, which just wasn't executed very well and maybe the scripts weren't that great, I think this one should be a lot more cohesive yeah. and should maybe tell the story it's supposed to tell instead of coming off a scatterdash or maybe just as like an afterthought. Yeah, you know what's really interesting is that, you know, I think there's going to be something maybe in probably episode nine that's really going to blow our minds that if somebody told us right now, yeah. we'd be like, God, fuck me. What was that about? Right, you know, And right. I think it's going to be wrote that way that, you know, it really makes up for our expectations. Like the entire, you know, uh, Kylo Ren... Han Solo reveal as a father we're like oh that sort of old hat just slipped in there I mean this is planned out a lot more officially a lot more corporately that I think it's going to be yeah. a big event when episode 9 rolls around in right. 20 years time so so <laughs> episode 9 is 2019 I believe yeah not 2017 mm. oh episode 9 sorry yeah, yeah that's the Colin Trevor one yeah mm. the one that Chan isn't looking for yeah the one I'm not looking for but uh, <laughs> let's go mental and make a wild allegation for episode 9 and see if we're writing for you <laughs> or whatever Ray is secretly George Jar Banks Okay. No, Kesha no, I'm not even real one. Kylo Ren, Yoda's there. <laughs> <laughs> Finn kills Ray. Oh. <laughs> oh no! Wow. I actually do think there's a, a wee tiny bit of art that I've seen. You know, like sort of promotional art that sort of parallels. I mean, obviously, it might be like showing that they're different from each other and two new characters. Oh yeah! Oh, they have sex, all of them. No, uh, I think Ray may turn to the dark side. Uh oh! I've seen that suggestion before. That would be very interesting. Oh no, I don't have any uh, real opinions. I just read them on the internet. <laughs> Bechdel test, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're done there then. Okay, that wraps up our very first spoiler special. We'll do another one sometime. What will we do for next hour? Next hour. It's <laughs> your time. Let's do it for the golf hour. If you haven't seen it, don't listen. <laughs> we'll do it for Batman vs. Soups. Yeah, but that's not for like an hour six months or something. It's March. Is <laughs> it right in March? Hey, I told you this when uh, we talked about it in the right. I must drink a lot more than what I think. I you drink really and I really <laughs> don't remember shit that you tell me. Right, fair enough, then. Do I have to go see Batman vs. Superman now? Yes. Daniel. Well, if you want to see Force Awakens, you can pull yourself through it. Actually, no, don't. Don't want you on it. <laughs> All right, man. I'll go on, go see it. All right, well. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed this. If you want to kind of weigh in on some of our theories or give us some of your own, you can find us on Facebook, Let's Talk More Movies Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Talk More Movies, or you can email us. What's the email address? <laughs> Let's Talk More Movies <laughs> at gmail.com. Because we're absolute G. <laughs> Uh, you can leave us comments, reviews on iTunes, Acast, and also on Stitcher Radio. I have been your host, Michael Breslin. Shan Colesman, Shan Coyle. Yeah. Dan Kellensman, Dan Kellen. Boop. Is that your VV8? <laughs> <laughs> really yeah, I, I do a better one. Boop. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Lisa, enjoy the new film. <laughs> What's that? Maybe this part is.
It was internal. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 